Welcome to the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Wooland. This podcast is for frustrated men and women who think they've tried everything to lose body fat and aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals. I'm going to give you clear, actionable steps to cut through all the bullshit in the industry, focus on what actually works, and dominate every aspect of your life. Now let's get into today's episode. The title of this episode is Don't Get Your Kids in Trouble, but I was originally going to call it Don't Get Your Kids in Trouble, Get Them Out of It, because I recently had to do this with my son Maddox. So what I'm actually going to do in this episode is explain a communication process with your children when dealing with behaviors or conflict that you're guaranteed to experience at some point. And those things can be handled one of two ways. You can react to the situation and get them in shit, which will only create hard feelings on both sides, have them not want to come to you for help when they need it because they feel shame, and just create a bunch of separation between you both, right? Or you can address things in a calm, caring manner that creates no animosity, reinforces that you love them and want what's best for them. And it's obviously not always going to be easy to do the latter because it's hard to manage our emotions when it comes to our kids. But I'm telling you, I personally have handled things both ways. And what I'm going to teach you today is 100% worth every minute of your time. This podcast isn't just about fitness. It's about dominating every aspect of your life. And our kids are what matter most. So this is going to be extremely valuable. So I want to give you a little bit of the backstory here to start. My son Maddox lives full-time with his mom out in British Columbia, and I live in Ontario. So normally, he's with her the entire year, and he visits me for the summer holidays and Christmas. Now, a couple of months ago, Maddox's mom called me to tell me that he was missing a lot of school and that he was getting into a bit of trouble lately, and that she needed some help, right? So her and I have always had like a good relationship. We've always done what's best for Maddox. So we hopped on a call. And then after I was done speaking to her, I asked to speak to him. So I had the conversation with Maddox or I had a conversation with Maddox and he didn't really have a lot to say. I started out well, I started out by seeking to understand and asking why he was doing the things he was doing or why he thought these things were going to have any kind of positive outcome on his life. But he legitimately didn't say a single word to me. Now, looking back at it, I probably shouldn't have taken the call when I did because his mother had just told me about everything. And instead of letting it sit, I reacted. So when I spoke to him, I was pretty firm with him about what the rules and expectations were of him as a young man and very clear consequences that he would face if he didn't start behaving better. Well, he instantly rebelled even harder and just stopped talking to me entirely. So because of the way I reacted, I didn't get him to understand. I caused him to get defensive. I caused him to get stubborn and I caused him to stand his ground even more while having him hate me and not want to speak to me at all. And that's a parenting lesson that I don't need to learn twice. Right? So to give you a better understanding of things and, and why this was happening, um, we're all aware of the housing crisis in Canada with ridiculous rent rates right now, right? And Maddox's mom, Maddox and his brother live in Kelowna, BC, which is like a hot summer spot for celebrities like Arnold Schwarzenegger, a bunch of famous hockey players and other celebrities. 
So she's a single mom living in Canada. She's a single mom living in Canada in Kelowna, where the cost of living is astronomical. She's a good mom and I help out, but she needs to work hard and she needs to work a lot to make ends meet. That means she's at work more than she'd like to be. And Maddox goes to school in a big city where like anywhere else, there can be some really shitty influences, right? So long story short, he started to get worse after our conversation. He started to miss more school and he started getting mixed up with even more kids that were the kind of kids that both he didn't want to be around long-term or him and, or myself, part of me and his mother didn't want to see him around. Right. Because Maddox is a good kid, but he wasn't going to stay that way for long. If we didn't make a change, he was changing very rapidly from the best behaved kid and such a sweetheart to a kid that we were starting to get concerned about with his behaviors. So we needed to make a change, but being alpha dad or being a hard ass clearly didn't work. So I had to step back a little bit. I had to let go of my own stubbornness and I had to take it and I had to take a different approach. Okay. And before I get into how I approach things, I, I kind of have to give credit where credit is due to my wife, Alyssa and her mom, Lisa, for giving me some unsolicited advice that at the time I didn't want to hear, or maybe was very open to, but I needed to hear it and I needed to apply it because I wanted to get through to Maddox. And like I said earlier, being alpha dad, wasn't going to cut it now. I also had time to think about things for a few days before going to get him. I had time to gather my thoughts and present things to him in a way that didn't create any animosity or resentment. I didn't want him getting on the defense and I just wanted the best possible outcome for him. Because at the end of the day, that's what being a parent is about, right? Having what's best happen for our kids not asserting our authority. That's not what parenthood is about. Our parent parenthood is about like getting the best for our kids, not asserting authority. So his mother and I agreed to write out what we wanted to say in advance without pointing any fingers or presenting any blame and just communicate with him that we love him, that we want what's best for him that it was okay for him to be mad and upset with us because he's allowed to feel however he wants. But over time he would understand why we were making a change because we were getting him away from the shitty influences and he was coming to live with me. And I think what's a really important factor here. And again, I have to thank the unsolicited advice for this. Um, I made it really clear to him that whatever trouble he was getting into in BC was going to be in the past. He was coming home with Alyssa and I to a clean slate. There were going to be rules to follow and responsibilities at home, but they wouldn't be unfair. And this wasn't a punishment. I made it really clear. We made it really clear that Alyssa and I were there to get him out of trouble, not to get him in trouble because that's my job as his dad. And we're there because we all love him. 
right? So the way it all played out was quite well. We thought it was going to be an absolute nightmare. We thought he was going to be furious with me and his mom, but it went over really smoothly. And I think part of the reason it went over smoothly is because we did it early in the day. And this gave him time to gather himself a little bit after being upset naturally, go through the emotions of how he was feeling and what was taking place. And then afterwards, go out for lunch with his mom and his brother, myself and Alyssa. So everything would be buttoned up on a positive feel good vibe, right? And if you've been listening to me for long, listening to my content, listening to the podcast, you know that I preach intention. I preach intention about everything I do. But looking back at things, my first approach wasn't intentional at all. It was reactive. It was authoritative. And it created the exact opposite outcome I wanted for my son. Right? So again, like I said earlier, that's the one and only time that I need to learn that lesson. Right? Clearly, that's not how I'm ever going to handle things again. Lesson learned. And what I'm going to do for you now is tell you what I said, tell you why I said it. And then I'm going to give you a formula that I'm personally going to use, not only for future conflict with Maddox, but for any conflict at all. Just give me a second while I grab a sip of water. So here's how it all played out. I got there. We woke him up, I gave him a hug, and I told him I loved him. This started things out with love and affection, right? Then I said to him, we need to have a talk, buddy. Can we grab a seat? This was asking permission to talk and not telling him what was happening. It was asking permission. Then I told him, I'm not here to give you trouble. I'm here to get you out of trouble because that's what a good dad is supposed to do, even if it means you're upset with me. So this step made sure that he didn't have his guard up, reinforced that it was okay for him to feel however he was feeling and he could be upset if he was feeling that way. And it presented things from a position of caring, right? Then what I did was I addressed some things that were happening and I used them as examples, but I don't need to get into the details of that because honestly, like it doesn't matter. Right. And then I followed it up with, so we have to get you out of here and away from the kids influencing you to behave this way. Maddox, I know this isn't who you are. I know this isn't who you want to be or the path that you want to take. So what this did was it removed blame and shame and reinforced to him that I didn't think he was a bad kid or a bad person. Then I said, when we get to the house, it's a clean slate. There will be rules to follow, like everyone has to in life, but your rules won't be over the top or unfair, and you won't be punished for what's happened already. Maddox, what's happened already will be in the past, and we're just going to focus on what we need to do moving forward. 
this step removed the fear and anxiety of change. And it removed uncertainty of what to expect because it was clarified to him very clearly how things were going to be and reassured him that he wasn't going into a hostile environment at home when we got there. He wasn't going in and paying for his previous behaviors. It was a clean slate. And then the last thing I said to him is when you're at home, if something happens and you come to me or Alyssa for advice and help, and you're honest with us about it, you won't get in trouble. But Maddox, you have to come to me or Alyssa and be honest with us when shit happens because shit happens. And all we need to do as a family together is just be honest with each other and deal with things properly. Okay. This opened the door for him to come to us with problems without guilt or worry or shame or be afraid of getting in shit so that we could help him manage the problems that he had in his life as they arose. Cause let's be real. They're going to happen. Right. And it allowed for him to come to us to have help with those problems and help him figure things out as opposed to the way I had to go about doing it, which was figuring out things the hard way. Right. So we, we left it with an open door that we're always there for him and there to help. So after I said my piece, Alyssa and, and Maddox's mother, Sarah said theirs and he, he understood he was okay with it. And then we went out for lunch and we brought him home to a warm welcome environment and everybody wins. Right. So was very intentional this time. I was very intentional about the way that I handled it. And I want to be able to structure this approach in a repeatable format, not just for myself, but for you to implement as well. Right. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If I had to handled this immediately with the way I was feeling while it was all playing out originally, it would have been a nightmare. If I wasn't taking advice from others, even if I didn't want to hear it at the time, it would have been a nightmare, right? And if I'd have been thinking about winning an argument with him or asserting myself and making myself an authority position of alpha dad, then it would have been a nightmare. So lesson learned. How do we take this lesson and turn it into a repeatable and successful formula that both you and I can use to not only be good parents, but resolve conflict in the future, right? So I'm going to break it down into simple steps. Step number one, pardon my French, is shut the fuck up, right? Don't say anything, right? Something happens. Don't say anything to your kids. Just let it sit, keep your mouth shut and your thumbs in your pocket. Okay. Step number two, lean on others for a second opinion. You may need to vent. If you're going to vent, only vent to somebody who wants what's best and only vent to somebody who is not a bullshit disturber drama queen that's going to go running their mouth, right? 
select the right people to vent to. And if you, even if you don't like the advice, sit with it, try to consider it and try to consider the other person's opinion because they're removed from the situation with less emotion. They're going to be advising you from a more logical state than you can be in. If the situation involves someone or something that's affecting you emotionally, right? So lean on others for a second opinion. Rule number three is give it three. Rule number three is give it three. Give it three days before you have the conversation with your kid. Cooler heads will prevail and time cools hot heads. Trust me, time cools hot heads, okay? There's nothing that you will likely accomplish positively if you don't give it at least 48 to 72 hours to sit with before you approach it. So with Maddox, for example, he was missing school. We just let him miss school for those three days because it was either that or have animosity and, 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 and like a arguing environment at home is like, just, let's just leave it alone and we'll deal with it. We'll give it three days and we'll deal with it. Right? So rule number three is very important. Rule number three is give it three. Some people might say, well, you should have made sure your son goes to school. Well, guess what? He's going to school. He's going to school now. He's going to school easily. You don't have to push him into it because we handled it the right way and we gave it time, right? And then step number four, the last step is write down what you want to say with these steps, okay? So write down what you want to say following this structure. I need another glass of water. This podcast is literally just like press play and go. Okay. No editing. Let's just do it. So the last step is writing down what you want to say using this structure. Okay. When writing things down, step number one, create an inviting, non-hostile, safe environment. Step number one, create a safe environment. Step number two, ask for permission to have a conversation. Ask for permission to talk, okay? Step number three, recognize the person's emotion and emotions that you're speaking to and reinforce or welcome the fact that you understand it's okay for them to feel however they're feeling. So, so recognize their emotions and reinforce that you understand them and that it's okay for them to feel that way, okay? Step number four, don't go pointing the finger or placing blame. If you wanna go into the approach of pointing fingers with somebody to resolve conflict, especially with your kids, as soon as you point the finger, they're going to get their guard up. And trust me, they won't hear a single fucking word you have to say after you do that. And that goes for anybody. Don't point the finger. Right? Now, step number five, don't be unfair with your choices or the outcome of how to deal with the issue. Once it's been resolved and been addressed, it is a dead 
topic. Don't be unfair with the outcome of the issue. And once it has been addressed, it is a dead topic. Nothing else needs to be said about it afterwards. Just move forward and let it go. Leave the past in the past because it's handled. If it comes up again in the future, that's a new situation that can be handled the same way, right? And then lastly, step number six in that communication process, give them another hug. And then always keep the door open for them to come to you if they need help or are in trouble or need to tell you something, right? You have to look at things this way. Being a parent is kind of like being a coach. It's not about being right. It's about helping them and it's about leading them to success, right? Don't be right. Help them. You might be right. You don't need, you don't need to like, confirm that if you know you're right that's great shut up own the fact that you're right internally and worry about helping them more than winning an argument if that makes sense right and that's just like coaching like as a fitness coach it's no different than me as a parent tom don't be right help them and and you can take that same approach right and that that's it if you use that formula for hard situations with your kids and moving forward, you will accomplish what we all want to accomplish as parents. And if you haven't been handling things this way and your relationship with your kids is a little broken, you can use the same formula to fix it, right? The only difference is in step five, you just communicate what you want to see happen, how you want things to be, and then ask them if it's cool if we have a fresh start, right? So I've been a part-time dad most of my, most of Maddox's life, all of Maddox's life, to be honest with you. And I've never had to deal with something like this before with Maddox because Maddox's mother and I separated when she was still pregnant, unfortunately. And although we've always worked together, I moved to Ontario after he turned four and Alyssa and I get Maddox for the fun times of Christmas and summer when life is a lot less challenging and the dynamics of influences and kids at school and the behaviors that take place when there's a responsibility of school and other things involved aren't necessarily present. So maybe, maybe you're listening to this podcast episode and you're like, yeah, Tom, I know, duh. (laughs) Or maybe you're not, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like, shit, that's a great way to approach things. Right. Um, so if you haven't been approaching things this way, take this formula and run with it. I'm going to take this formula and run with it because it got the outcome that I wanted. And I use this similar kind of formula with my clients to get them the outcome that they wanted. So why should it be any different when coaching my son or leading my son or leading your son or your daughter or, or whatnot, right? 
And the other thing that I think is huge about this is you can use this formula for any difficult conversations and conflict that you have with others in your life. As long as you take out the like authority step in number five and replace that for asking for the, for the person's perspective, listening and respecting what they say, regardless of what your initial reaction will be to it. Don't be right have a positive outcome, right? And then after you have listened and respect the person's point of view, just ask them to put whatever conflict is in place in the past and move on, right? Does that make sense? So like as a recap is like, if something happens, whether it's with kids or not, shut up and don't say anything. Then ask somebody that you trust that's not a drama queen for a second opinion. Give it three days to let it sit before you say anything. Then write down what you want to say and make sure it's a non-hostile safe environment. You don't go into things accusing. It's a warm environment. You ask permission to talk. You recognize how the person's feeling and you reinforce that it's okay for them to feel that way. Do not, I repeat, do not point the finger or place blame. You did this. So-and-so says you're wrong because this or that. There ain't no place for that in conflict resolution, right? And then give them an opportunity to express how they feel and, and, and why they feel that way. Recognize that you understand and you respect their opinion and then ask if we can put it in the past and then finish things up with being like, if anything ever happens again, that upsets you, like that's never the intention that I want. Like, please just come to me and let me know because you're a good friend and I love you or, you know, or you're my wife and I love you or you're my mother-in-law or whoever. If the people matter to you, Conflict resolution is not winning an argument, right? Conflict resolution is not being right. Conflict resolution is getting the outcome that you want and you have to respect the other person's opinion. And if you approach things this way, I'm telling you, there will be so much less conflict in your life and the conflict that you have will be resolved quite easily. So I hope that you found this extremely useful. I know this was an extremely useful lesson for me and that's why I've provided it within the podcast. Um, and if you found this extremely useful, if you know any parents who might want to hear this, or you know anybody in general who wants to use this style of conflict resolution, send it to them, share it to your stories, and uh, make sure everybody gets this information. Have the best day ever. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode valuable, please give me a five-star review and share it on your social media so I can have an even bigger impact. And if you want more information on how I can help you lose 15 to 52 pounds of body fat in 12 weeks, send me a message that says coaching to my Instagram at Tom the Trainer Fitness.